Hi everybody, welcome to the latest Totem Talks, the podcast for business people and psychologists and everybody who really quite fancies listening to me speak. Um, today, <laughs> so many people, I just want to hear what I he know, has to there's, say. There's, there's just cues of them everywhere. <laughs> um, today, we are talking about transactional analysis. Yeah. TA. 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 And I, I love TA. Helen's going to give us a bit of a background as to what TA is because she speaks so eloquently. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what is TA? For what those is it? Uh, so Eric Byrne, good guy in the 50s. So around the 50s, you've got those famous people, Sigmund Freud, Carl Jung, doing some interesting stuff, uh, very useful stuff in terms of psychoanalysis. Eric Byrne was really one of the first people to say, there must be a simpler way of describing what's going on for us or maybe a simple way of helping people to think about how their conversations are going, how their background, family upbringing, maybe some unhealthy stuff is getting in the way of their conversations. Uh, So he came up with this idea of transactional analysis, which I think the title is maybe not overly clear. What, What it's saying is analyze the transaction. So right now you and I are having a transaction. We're having a conversation Let's analyze that transaction and analyze what's going on for each of us that might be making that transaction or conversation more or less useful. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of transactional analysis because he's basically broken down human interaction into a sort of in-out matrix. And as an engineer, I really appreciate that. Brilliant. Um, It's a simple structure. Yeah. And if you think if you think about it being developed in the 70s, you can understand why he used transactional analysis as a title. I don't think it would be called that today if we could change its name. Well, and most people actually know it as the parent adult child model. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's much more. Oh, yeah, I've heard. What's TA? I don't know what that is. Oh, I've heard of the parent adult child model. Yeah. And so, yeah, we in terms of the way we speak to our clients, our colleagues, our friends, um, we are always very aware of where we are at in that matrix. Um, because particularly when you get sort of emotive stuff, it's very easy to click into a child to child conversation. Yeah. And child to child conversations are great if you're playing in the sand, but they're not so good if you're trying to resolve a, a marital issue. So <laughs> <laughs> that sounds messy. That, that, that is that really messy. So yeah, so I'm a big fan. Yeah, so it's probably worth just going back and explaining a bit about what parent adult child is referring to in case uh, anyone listening has not come across this before. Uh, essentially, what we're describing is what kind of mindset you're in as you're having a conversation with someone. And it doesn't need to be from a negative intention. In fact, most of the time, we're coming at this from a positive intention. So let's think about, um, say you were to drop something or hurt yourself in some way, and I naturally go into a bit of parenting, nurturing. Oh, are you okay? Have you hurt yourself? Can I support you in any way? It's all a really positive intention to support you. But actually, because I'm coming from a parent mindset or being a bit motherly, really, what that can often create in the other person is a child response. So now you and I are having a parent-child interaction where most of the time the most useful interactions come from adult to adult. We're both speaking to each other as logical, rational beings in the moment working with what we have rather than working on some previous experience-based concept of how this conversation should go. Yeah, and I think that's the key is what is the conversation 
what are you trying to achieve through the conversation right so in a work environment almost you always you're, you're actually you're working towards a goal right the most productive way to talk about that is adult to adult yeah parent to child is not going to get you very far but in a home environment i think it's okay i'm sometimes i forget to tidy my shoes away and i am reminded quite gently um to tidy my stuff up that usually is expressed in a parent child way yeah i don't mind that it doesn't upset me and well it's interesting particularly in parenting because there's a lot of research to suggest taking an adult to adult approach in the way that we parent really is wow. rather useful but any parent will tell you that uh that's not happening yeah that's not happening either it, it's not happening because i tried it and it was really hard work or it didn't work with my kid at that moment. I think what's interesting is to try it out at different times. So I've heard loads of people say, sometimes going adult to adult with their five-year-old has been incredibly powerful. Mm. And other times it's bombed and yeah. totally not worked. So maybe as with most theories and models and approaches, it's a bit like trial and error. Trial and error. I find the same is true in coaching meetings as well. Right. So, so obviously you want to try and keep that um adult to adult but occasionally i have found it useful to push the parent child button interesting how has that been useful just to get a reaction right. particularly yes. when people are they've gone into their little bunkers and they're in the oh i don't know mm. what could you do about this oh i don't know what could you do about that oh i really don't know actually okay so I, i'm going to push the button here i'm going to say well you're just talking to me like a child now aren't you and to just get anything out of the right because it forces often a strong reaction a, right? a strong reaction i can work yeah. with a strong reaction i can't right. work with somebody who is completely passive to suggestions um and if you're going to be passive to suggestions you're never going to move forward in the issues that you've brought to me anyway so yeah using it as a tool just to provoke a reaction in a safe way and in a safe <laughs> space it's not right. you know it's not a hammer you don't just go around dropping it on people but it, it is quite a useful tool um and i think again uh, what i often find fascinating is about how we go about coaching in, in different ways and this is why coaching chemistry meetings are so powerful is because you can sense check are you the kind of coach for me? Because mm. I can't ever imagine saying that in a coaching meeting. And that's because we have different coaching styles. Uh, and as you say, outside of a coaching meeting, I think that could be a disastrous thing. It would be, yeah. But I could see how useful it could be. Yeah. Uh, so helpful. So I think, like you say, in, in most professional environments, I'm going to take out most, in every professional environment, in every work setting, we want to be an adult to adult. You know, like you say, child to child, playing in the sand. Let's be kids, let's play, let's be creative interesting would it be good to get more into our child mindset when it's time to be creative let's get in the sandpit i will be doing some research on that yeah. after the podcast that's quite an interesting call actually because uh, play and creativity are so closely linked yeah and we've hammered it out of our children by the time they get to 16 so yep um interesting i yeah. guess the question though is we, we're talking quite a lot about how important adult to adult is what is it? What is it? <laughs> yeah, define it How a little do we bit do more. It? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so I guess it's worth first saying that what adult is not is the stuff that happens in parent and child is we're referring to mental models of how to be. And those mental models generally come from the way that we were as children and the way that we were parented. 
So if I were parented by a very strong figure who was quite authoritative and laid down the rules and laid down the law, then if I start acting like that, I'm, I'm acting like my version of a parent. Whereas you might have had a parental figure who was very compassionate and nurturing. So if you go into a compassionate mode, that's your version of parent. So the point is that we are acting in a way that is purely about our background and our life experience and our mental models of the world, which makes total sense because mm. we're each individuals. It may not be so helpful. Imagine if we're having a conversation now and I'm being all authoritative and you're trying to be nurturing. We're just going to miss each other in our communication. So instead, if we can, and this way easier said than done, put all of that life experience and mental models to the side and just be here now. What is it you've just said? What do I? What questions do I need to ask to better understand where you're coming from? To your point about the goal, what's the goal that we're working towards? Let's just be here now and have a useful, rational conversation. And it's worth me also pointing out when I say a rational conversation, that doesn't mean that feelings aren't allowed, but we can express our feelings and say, oh, I'm, I'm feeling quite nervous about that. What do you think? How do you think we could make that more comfortable? We're having the conversation here and now. And I'm worried about sounding like a stuck record on these podcasts because, again, I think that sounds like self-awareness. Right to me you need to be aware of what's going off in your own head and in your own emotional state in order to be able to carry that off um that's not an easy task sometimes no. particularly when someone in front of you is pushing your buttons yeah um and you know the reason you will sound like a broken record we both will we're always going to be saying self-awareness is absolutely the fundamental first point and all of the research on emotional intelligence that's why self-awareness is the first one you can't develop other aspects of emotional intelligence without self-awareness mm. like you say that's difficult to do when your buttons are being pushed if you're pushing someone else's buttons and you have no awareness whatsoever of what's going on for you you're not really very well going to recognize the impact you're having on the other person yeah um so broken record or you like it is the most important and arguably the hardest starting point because we lack self-awareness and just walking up to someone and saying, well, you're not very self-aware isn't going to get you very far. <laughs> Might get you a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Mental Health Week mm. and we talked vigorously mm. about our... I really enjoyed that. That was, uh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a good old ding-dong, that one. <laughs> uh, we talk, so we talked about Mental Health Week and in that, you mentioned the importance of addressing some of your mental health issues. Right. And you've just said there that how someone who may have been parented mm. can have an effect on their personality and what they bring into the workspace. Um, where do you think the line is between um, your personal mental health and some of the issues that you may be bringing into the workspace and adult-to-adult -adult communication? Do you think we should be giving people more space to be who they are and therefore, perhaps not adult to adult. Mm. Or do you think we should be offering more support and encouraging people to go to adult to adult conversations? It's really interesting. And this is where I will sound like a broken record, is I tend to go for and, both and, as both opposed and, to either okay. or, uh, which you could argue as a psychologist sitting on the fence. But it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like it's a, oh, well, you could go either way. It's a very strong both and. 
because what we need to do all of us as human beings is understand where we have come from and what I mean by that is the stories I have in my mind the stories I'm telling myself all the time the rules by which I live my life and by which I am judging everybody else mm -hmm. notice this right we have our rules and when other people break our rules we're like how dare you like they have the same rule book they have an entirely different rule book yeah, but that, I mean, I, I completely agree with you, but you know, so the people who are currently walking the wrong way down the one-way system at Tesco's, <laughs> those rules are for everybody, people. Walk the right way around the shop. I don't care how close the oranges are to your current location. Do it. Follow the arrows. <laughs> but what's fascinating, again, is that your rule book may be more rule-following, whereas someone else's rule book is maybe saying, you know what, uh, there's safety and risk-taking, I don't know. I agree with you, the Tesco thing is annoying. Uh, so what's fascinating is to get to, and what's important is to get to know where have I come from? Where have my stories and my rules come from? Because the more we understand that, that's your self-awareness piece, the more we can choose to flex that when we need to, which will help us get into adult-to-adult -adult conversations. Because, so let, let's take this example, right? Let's say you and I have different views about the Tesco arrows, mm -hmm. and we're now having an argument about that. Mm -hmm. If we were to realise <laughs> that part of that is because you grew up in a very rule-following family and I grew up in a much more, you know, have freedom, be a rebel, uh, there's, there's safety and risk-taking because you experience more of life, you and I would be coming from such different perspectives that we're really not talking about the arrows on the floor in Tesco. We're talking about two completely different world life views, models, yeah. worldviews. So the more we understand our own worldviews, the more we can come into that conversation and say, ah, you know what? I think the reason that I don't follow the Tesco rules is because of this. What's your reason for so, so strongly following the Tesco rules? Maybe that's why we're disagreeing mm. rather than just spitting at each other. <laughs> mm. uh, so that's why I say both. Both explore your personal background and what's brought you to where you are and push yourself to be flexible in that in an adult to adult conversation. Uh, so, you know, maybe psychotherapy is useful for all of us to go back and explore where we've come from. I'm very conscious of uh, your recent online stuff with the young MCA people. Hmm. And if we were talking to them about the adult to adult conversation, I think because of their freshness hmm. of having lived with I haven't lived with my parents for a long time, so right. I'm very comfortable being an adult. But if you've just moved out of home, for example, you, you know, you're just starting this journey and this career, you're still trying to figure out who you are as much as anything. Now, what advice would you give to, to younger people trying to operate in this adult to adult space? You know, does it actually give you any credibility? Because authenticity these days is quite important. Yeah. And if you're authentically a child, then mm, I don't know. Where, yeah. where, 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 where do you sit? Okay, so first off, just to explain the Young MCA, that's the Young Management Consultancies Association. Uh, so it's the Management Consultancies Association. Uh, they're, they're young of people. Of America, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's their young people um, branch. So young consultants, people who've just come out of university, some of them have got a master's and they've gone straight into some amazing graduate program at Accenture or they've become a full-time consultant at PwC. And it's these big big brands, big consultancy projects. And the online learning session I did with them recently was very much about mental health and anxiety and dealing with the issues around lockdown. Uh, talking more broadly then about this specific topic mm -hmm. of 
what I notice with the young people at the MCA is that they struggle with the adult to adult and that they think, well, I don't know enough. I'm young, I'm fresh, I've come in. You know, this person's got 15 years experience. I've got 15 days experience yeah. or 15 weeks experience. Who am I to say what I think? Mm-hmm. And often the, the big thing that changes that perspective for them is to see, well, what strength do I bring by being the fresh pair of eyes? What strength do I bring by asking the question and being open? The whole thing about bringing solutions rather than problems. If you just want to go to moan to someone, that's very child in mm. approach. Whereas if you're going to someone and saying, look, I've noticed that we're doing this as a business. I think it would be better if we did this. What do you think? That's a very adult conversation. Um, so yeah, there's probably a lot in there about having the confidence to know that you're bringing something useful with your fresh perspective and then being open. So, so again, generalizing groups, right? So I'm talking about young people not feeling sure about themselves. The other side... Oh, yeah, we all do, right? Yeah. Well, the other side is young people who are like, hey, I'm in my 20s, I know everything. You're in your 40s, you're stupid. You know, there's that side of youth as well. And I seem to recall being one of those in my 20s. Were you? I can't believe yeah, that for that's, a second. That's really shocking, is it? I, I, I <laughs> want to suggest to everybody that you've perhaps still got a little bit of that in you. Oh, <laughs> we're not going to go there. Uh, the issue with feeling like we know that we're right is that we hold on to our ideas so strongly that we just annoy everybody else. Mm. So if I'm 24 and I'm going to my manager's manager and saying, I don't know why we're doing this as a business, we should be changing this. Like I know everything and I'm right. Even if I am right, all I'm gonna do is piss that person off. Yeah, that's true. And before we get completely demonetized from YouTube for naughty language, um, um, in that instance, you're actually talking about a parent though, aren't you? that, That younger person in that, situations being more of a parent in terms of the, the more rigid and fixed well and this is where so eric Byrne it got, starts to yeah, yeah, yeah. eric Byrne got criticized for the model being too simplistic yeah. because you can't describe all of human behavior in just three, in simple three terms. little boxes no. um, so you could describe it as like the rebellious child going i know what i'm doing look at me or you could describe it as more like a controlling parent saying look i know what i'm doing we should do it this way personally i'm a bit like i don't really care which box you put it in it's not adult to adult. It's not the most helpful conversation. True. Let's focus on moving there. Yeah. And as an as an employer of people, um, when we're recruiting, we are looking for credibility when you walk through the door. Yeah. And credibility comes through flexibility of mindset. It comes through adult to adult conversations. Yeah. It comes through robust challenge, but not to the point of, of being difficult or obtuse about that. Mm. Um, and the ability to to take feedback well right and to embrace that so that that is definitely adult to adult kind of space Mm. right there if you bring anything else into our into our offices you're not going to last long at all and it's just reminded me uh i i share this gently because this would not work for everyone It, it works very well for our business when i'm recruiting people i test their response to feedback in the interview So I will, within the interview, give the candidate feedback on how they're coming across and see how they respond. And most candidates go into child mode. They they get defensive, they blame something or or they justify their behaviour. And just to not have the ability to say, oh, that's interesting that you've had that reflection. Tell me more about that. What is it I need to adjust? Mm -hmm. That tells me a lot about a person. 
Uh, and there's all sorts of challenges you can put in there about the interview environment being stressful enough, yeah. uh, let alone being given feedback. But I find it makes a huge difference in the quality of the candidates that we recruit. Yeah, and it's not like we don't give them a second opportunity to improve upon that. Right. It, obviously, we know what we're doing, people. <laughs> Good grief. Objective selection <laughs> we processes. Do, we do this for a living, so <laughs> I think we're okay. Um, and there's a good article on our website, actually, about recruitment practices for younger people. I think it's under pressure. There's a great picture of an egg being squashed. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'm going to dig it out. I'll stick a link in the thing below. Nice. Um, I'm going to look at the time because it is hot as hell in here. It is very hot. Oh, Should crikey. we call it a day? I think let's call it a day before I start leaking. Um, <laughs> I'm melting. I'm melting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have a great day, everybody. As always, just follow us on whatever platform you like. And if you've got any suggestions of topics... Ooh, and what else we could cover, yeah. Um, you're more than welcome to just throw them our way. Mm. Uh, and we're, we're, we'll happily have a chinwag. Also worth mentioning, I've just remembered you did a download on transaction analysis. So you could put the link on that into this as well. Would you like me to include this in the podcast or would you like me to edit this bit out? Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't quite tell. <laughs> I meant it to be in the podcast because then they know. Yeah, fine. Okay, I'll ah. I'll try and slice this but in. But you may want to keep it out if you find that you didn't actually do a download, and I'm totally making that up in my head. Do you remember doing a download on TA? No. Oh, well then edit that out. Okay. <laughs>